Hello and welcome to the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, aka the Gargoyle, and I'm here with E.B. Tolbert, uh, who is an occasional co-host, and Eric Pennyhoff, Pennykoff, sorry, I forgot the C, Eric Pennykoff, and Taylor, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, we'll go with Zadki. I said Zadki for the last podcast, so we'll say Zadki for this one. <laughs> what if he's going to change we, it up? We asked her dad about this last night. I forgot to get to the bottom of the mystery, and even he was split. I think he had two different ways. There, there's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a family feud. How you say her name? Because huh. well, people do that with my last name too. Because I get Tolberts, I get Talbots, I get Tobears, and I'm Tal-Bear. like, it's, it's really simple. It's just a basic. <laughs> You're making me super. <laughs> the mic has to be close to your face so people okay. can hear you. Okay, because it was just reminding me of those old Sorry Not Live sketches where they're just like, oh, the mark's in your face. There is also that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Eric, you directed Sadistic Intentions, and yes. last night was the world premiere. Oh my God, we loved it. Yeah. We, we did. Thank you. It, it was amazing. I really had no idea going into it. I mean, this is my first time in Knoxville, but I've had several friends that have sent features and shorts here over the years, and they tell me how great it is. And I've been—I've heard a lot between you know Knoxville and Chattanooga, and just the the, the southern horror scene, and you know, definitely witnessed it firsthand. It's a, a really, really great f-ing scene. You guys got that? Can I cuss on this? Oh yeah, you got a really I'm, great, I'm, really I'm, great f-ing <laughs> scene down here. I'm going I'm to bleep out f- uh, just because I try to avoid the explicit rating. Gotcha. But yeah, swear as now much as you want. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Those sensor sounds are so much better than the actual word anyway. I wish it did that. I wish I had something in my pocket be like, you know, just whenever I cuss. You know, I honestly, I'm just giving him a lot more work. That's kind of like, yeah. like when you would see when you see South Park on TV, some of those bleeps would make the jokes funnier. I remember right. when you see like South Park on DVD and it was uncensored. Well, I mean, it's funny, but it's kind of funnier with the bleep in there. <laughs> well, it's like the uh, the count censored, where it's the oh count singing, God. just, you know, I like to count, but then they, they bleep it out. From Sesame Street? Yeah, they bleep out count. Oh, I like to beep. The candles on the wall, and you're like, oh, that is magic. That is magic. <laughs> it is one of the best things. Uh, and Taylor, you, you starred in it. I did star in it. How, how was that? Because you said this was your Terrifying. first feature film. Yeah, I do. I've done a bit roles and stuff. I've done a lot of production, and it would end up usually with me being like walking across the street. And I did a short film that I started, and that was really what kicked off my creative relationship with Eric. Um, but this was this was terrifying. It was all get out. Uh, I was terrified of the the weight because you know there's uh, there's three people and there's nobody else to put that weight on because they got enough weight themselves like we really um really are you calling jeremy gardner fat oh my god absolutely not and if he hears that because he's gaining happy weight because we're yeah so and if he hears that he's he can't hear this i have to i podcast over we have to we have to strip this happy weight and then there's marriage weight and then there's happy kid weight like dad bod I, and I, that's what I'm telling him is it. you gotta get the dad pod going, baby. Like you're getting there Obviously, if you want so to. You gotta, you gotta ride that wave while it's happening. Yeah, right? that's you know, it's no problem to me. Yeah, dad bod's the best bod, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy's bod is the best bod. Am I right, guys? Am I right, Eric? <laughs> I can confirm this. <laughs> experienced it. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was terrifying yesterday. I was outside b- bouncing up and down like, oh, people are about to see it. My mom was here holding my hand the whole time. Shout out, mom. Thanks, Tish. Um, <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better first go at it. 
So what do you think of the uh, the crowd reaction? Because, I mean, I, I assume that both of you were in there watching it and not like hiding out in the uh, the foyer, just be like, I can't be in there because that's kind of terrifying. Or were you? I would have had a goddamn heart attack because when people are like evaluating my stuff, like as an artist, I'm like, oh, man, please don't. Just don't even tell me how you feel. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't in the foyer, but I, I did stand in the, the back area. I mean, I, I, because I, I did want to hear audience reaction. I could hear, um, you know, the, the, the chuckles and sort of some of the stuff through the first 40 minutes where it's more like setting up what's about to happen. That's sort of what I was really excited to hear the audience respond well to, um, you know, because it really it does take a turn around the, the 45, 50 minute mark. And it was it was good. It's been good to know that the horror crowd appreciates, you know, the first 40 minutes or so, which, you know, the beginning of the movie sets itself up as a horror movie. But then you sort of get relaxed and you spend some time with these characters. And I've, I've been really pleased to hear people pick up on that and like that. And I think appreciate that, like time to develop the characters before they sort of go through a, you know, a, a lightning storm drenched in chlorine. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> madness <laughs> and Morphosis, screaming. Like, yeah. Cronenbergian yeah. metamorphosis. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, you did an amazing job with that because all of the interactions in the first half, the entire movie, but especially the first half, it felt so real. Uh, like we recorded last night and, um, Extremely I, honest. Oh my God. It's like the interactions just feel like people, you know, you're just watching people, you know, and as that closeness builds and builds and builds, you're like, wait, is this a horror movie? And right when you're at that point, that's when all hell breaks loose. And it's like the the ebb of it is perfect. Yeah. And like even the uh, the cookie monster bit, like it sounded like that wasn't part of the script, but just Jeremy actually pissed about people referring to like uh, screaming metal as the cookie monster. Well, I'm glad you say that because that that was in the script. And that's something that since playing a metal band since I was 16, I constantly heard people say. And I remember when I showed that to Jeremy, he goes, is this a reference that people are going to get? And I said, I, I think so. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear you it, guys. It felt super uh, because real. You know, Every death metal fan has heard that at yeah. some point. It's, it's so. just like the word there. It's the worst reference to hear. It's yeah, like yeah. it's the cookie monster. This yeah. banal like children's character. You're like, really? This is death metal. Yeah. Don't, don't compare it to. <laughs> I, I would have loved it if during the uh, the music that they're playing later, if you had added in Me Want Cookies. Just oh like, just really, really <laughs> subtle underneath it. Yeah, like, you know, Paul is dead type of thing. Yeah. That, that would have been amazing. Yeah, I was even wondering, I mean, can you even say Cookie Moss? Is that a trademarked character? I don't know. I, we've done it. I hope we get away with it. But <laughs> If you have a long enough break in between the two words, maybe they can just stand on their own cookie monster yeah I mean, it's, it's just, just it's just monster. two words together right not the cookie monster yeah. well, and you didn't show the cookie monster no no that we know of it's no it's not there <laughs> you could have him in shadow like devil dick or demon dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where devil dick should stay in the shadow <laughs> that's usually where you find it well and even just like like the acting i was so impressed because just three people carrying the entire weight of the film that's hard to do like yeah, there there are so many movies, even with seasoned actors, where if it's just two or three people, it's like it starts to feel tedious. It starts to feel, I, I don't know, like maybe they're trying too hard or they think they're better than they are. And so it felt very genuine the entire run through. So like, what was it like with, with all of that weight on your shoulders, knowing that you had to carry a third of the movie? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to make this Jeremy Hour, even though every life 
every hour of my life is Jeremy Hour. I, I am trying to make this Jeremy Hour. Jeremy, I love you. Um, so it, it, I learned so much from him. You know, he's been doing this thing. He'd been done keeping movies on his back. You know, the battery. Two people have to carry the whole weight. Uh, and so uh, I just, I, I couldn't think of it like that because... I, it's too lofty. It's too. It's too much to be like. I got. I gotta. I gotta do this. I didn't think of it as that because I had just such a supporting crew. Like everybody was so quick on it. Like, and there's some uncomfortable positions I get into in the movie. Don't want to say too much, but when we were filming those sort of things, everybody... It, it's three people in a horror movie. Like, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's and kind I'm, of hard to avoid any sort of spoiler with that because something bad's going to happen to at least one of you. Yes. Um, and they just were always like, are you good? Do you need a pillow? Do you need Do you need water? Do you need... And I like almost... Can I prop your head up? And, it's like, it's, and it was like, you're getting rug burn on that part. Are you good? I'm like, I'm fine. Just, just you know, let's do it. Like, it, was, it was so great. Everybody was so supportive. I actually was talking to Nathan, um, and before I knew y'all, and before I had to had talked to you, any um, didn't I say something like I thought that the two main characters? I was like, they have some kind of connection. There is something, <laughs> yeah, you honest between them. As like, you can't make that shit up. And when y'all got up there and talked, I was like, ah, <laughs> I knew it. See, we were trying so hard to be like, oh, okay, we have to re meet again well, now, I mean, babe. <laughs> I'm talking about like as the movie got on because oh, yeah. yeah like the the chemistry I mean it was definitely there it was palatable I mean like it was there where everybody could see it and that's so important to the film like that that's what really brings the audience into it so and there's you know probably a bit of me being naive in my own right thinking like oh yeah this will be a really easy movie it's one location three characters you guys got it and then kind of you know doing doing my thing and talking to them but kind of forgetting like oh yeah they're probably we got the whole weight of this movie on our shoulders but yeah, i mean you know the the and it is it is tough to find actors that can really do that and i will say you know this movie was written these characters were written for them we were going to do this with them i don't know that i would have taken you know what you may consider a chance to have a first half of a movie go the way it does if i didn't have the three of them and you know if one of them decided not to do it at the last minute i really i don't think i could have made it i think we would have had to you know postpone or do something different because i i really really trusted the three of them with those characters having known them personally for so long and having you know talked about this for so you know a while and yeah. wanting to make this yeah um now i have a question about the title and I don't know how much of it you're going to be able to say just because I know that last night was the world premiere. So obviously you don't want to spoil too many things. But I feel like the title um, doesn't just apply to one character. And I'm even hesitant to say how much I think because I don't I don't want to spoil things for people. But I feel like in a way it applies to all three of the characters in very, very different ways. Because with it being sadistic intentions... You know, it's not sadistic actions. It's not uh, sadistic behavior. It was sadistic intentions. And it's like, man, I, I feel like that went so much deeper than just the uh, the one character saying, oh, well, let's do this because that's so metal. Yeah. I, I feel like, well, kind of like you were talking about um, with the Q&A afterwards of Jeremy's character was like just trying to do good, but he was so terrible at everything. Yeah. And, and it's almost like he had really good intentions, Except for the fact that they were kind of sadistic, and yeah. I mean, even with your character, like I, I feel like there was, I feel like there was something deeper that isn't necessarily brought out in the in, in the very beginning. Yeah, the you know the title. I, I'm, 
this kind of reminds me back when I was first kicking around an idea, and I don't know how much of this ever made it into the movie, but I, I had this idea in my mind of doing a bloodless torture porn film. Sure. And I watch it now, and I there's maybe some traces of that, you know, uh, but it's it's really not. I mean, considering what we know as torture porn from the early 2000s, right. it's very very far from that. <laughs> so if, if if anyone suddenly thinks this is a torture porn film, I don't think it is. But there are definitely intentions and sort of malevolent character wants and needs i think fuel this overall feeling of you know people putting their own self-interests above human life which for me right. is one of the most you know which is why i stand we by that this talked about that which is why i stand by this as you know really is a horror movie because for me you know one of the most frightening things that scares me is someone else believing that they know what's best for someone else someone believing that no this is what you need in order to be happy or this is what you need in order to you know be inspired or find creativity as in the case of this movie so i the the title still very much sticks but i do remember of uh you know that coming up with that title early on as i was writing this and kind of seeing how it just was sort of this undercurrent this sort of uh you know running water under the surface that was fueling the night now i i can't help but ask about this it's it's unavoidable just because of today's culture were the actions like when i was watching it i felt like what was going on could have been a very clear allegory for just like relationships and rape and sexual assault and sexual abuse Mm -hmm. was that intentional or was that just like a byproduct of okay well that's that's the society uh, that we live in yeah yeah definitely definitely not the rape or abuse culture but certainly relationships and i think um lack of communication which i think is something that very much exists in relationships i mean you know again without giving too much away there is very much a um an element of you know men not listening to women in this until it's too late and that sort of you know comes full circle in the end um so yeah definitely some you know really re- i would say relationships and interpersonal communications mm-hmm. um those things yeah okay and something i was going to ask about like there's a my favorite scene of the movie was where is this a potential spoiler yeah. Skip, ah. skip ahead 30 seconds. Skip, skip ahead. <laughs> is where uh, his name is Jeremy, right? Yes. He's holding you and you're gagged. And he's just talking end on end on end. And you can see your face change. Like your face <laughs> changed. And in the back of my head, I'm like, she, she's going to kill him. Because like, <laughs> the, the, the change in your face it was like, I kept telling him, I was like, face. Look at her face because that's the only time he opens up to her and it's when she's completely unable to respond and that's that itself is an allegory of how relationships get like he's pushed her past the point where she wants to listen to him that's when he wants to talk that's when he wants to let go of his inhibitions and actually talk to her like a person when she can't respond Mm-hmm. But you do so much responding with your eyes. <laughs> I have gotten that a lot of amazing. compliments on my eye rolling ability, and I'm going to take that to the bank. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looked like you're about to break your eyeballs. You're rolling so, them so hard. And I, yeah, so, and since we're talking skill. about this, there's, <laughs> thank you. There's a, there's, a, so you know, first forty minutes, there's, there's nothing really wrong, you know. And what I really wanted to like lean on for her as a character was that of course she feels unlistened to and this is this is a lot to do with what we were talking about like just like men don't listen and like and these issues that her exactly and but the thing that i really wanted to to lean on 
as something that's tangible about it is that he betrayed her and like that is the physical evidence of him not listening and just you lied to me like i try to say that over and over like you lied to me and you put me in the situation and you don't even deserve being in this situation for you suck <laughs> so. yeah, this is a major spoiler of the ending so uh again like skip ahead a couple of minutes or just be okay with spoilers i i love the ending the ending is exactly what it needed to be especially with what you say to him like the mm. the things that you say it's like oh my god i love that you're talking about listening and lying and not about the rest of the shit that just went down <laughs> yeah. and it's like because oh my it, it's so too. not what happened around them but what happened specifically between mm. those them two that's what led to his demise yeah, yeah. chloe it, it never was... has a malicious moment towards kevin right no. she just well, she doesn't it know him. Doesn't, she doesn't, doesn't know him, doesn't that care. With him. She, he didn't lie. He showed up. He's crazy. He meant nothing to her at all. It's the betrayal. It, it was just such a perfect ending. So I I love it. I was kind of wishing that it would go a different direction. But as, as it was happening, it's like, no. No, I, I wanted to go somewhere else, but it can't. This is the only way to be true to the characters. Happy no, I love I love dark endings. But there was that part of me that characters. Yeah. And that's what it was. They were lovably hateable. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I kind of see it as a happy ending in some ways. I mean, the the, the person that comes out on top is the right one. Right. The Um, good person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was a resolved ending. Yeah. Well, you know, going going back to that moment you're talking about, um, you know, when he when he's holding her, that was I remember we did a lot of takes of that. And and I think what really what really uh, got that you know jeremy's character in that moment was doing lots of takes and sort of understanding that all these frustrations from what he said and what's happening now are boiling together and he sort of can't decipher what to say what to apologize for i mean in many ways you know the second you chuck someone's you know spoiler alert jump ahead 30 seconds chuck someone's you know phone and into the pool it's sort of game over at that point and especially once you have a (laughs) no phones for you it's all my so stuff. Mad. Yeah. Did he really throw your phone? No, but we were. We had my phone case that I still have on a piece of cardboard, and I was like, cardboard, phone, cardboard, phone, phone away, like, cardboard, pool. It's like, it like so scared. It was. I was so scared. Um, but no, actually, that that that. I feel like we finally got that tie up scene because Jeremy and I were getting steadily angrier at each other because we couldn't get a comfortable spot for him to like hook. And I was just like, hurting me. And it was just, we were kind of letting you know. We both saw ourselves getting angry and we're like, oh, maybe we should. Maybe let's just be mad at each other for a second. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of physicality we asked of them. And even when she's being carried up the stairs, I remember that was. Yeah. Yeah. That was stupid. That was stupid and I hated it. So we don't have a whole lot of time left because they're about to start the uh, the next block of films but uh, two things then we'll just kind of wrap up first one since we're talking about like you couldn't find a comfortable way to hold him god you and i talked before um before i saw it and i was like okay is it supposed to be funny like what all am i getting into like there's comedy but it's like a real comedy i love because it was so subtle but so perfect when jeremy's holding you and you don't even see where his hand goes but it's just like oh sorry 
it was it was so it i i love the fact that it wasn't in shot because you didn't need it to be like because he's trying at that point you know he's trying to be a good guy just like oh nope can't touch there yeah he still hasn't let her go i mean if he really yeah. wanted to be a good guy he could have let her go no, but he, he keeps he, her tied he up he has many chances to do yeah. the right thing and then that fails completely that shows that he still had some kind of sadistic intent even go. further past um, the other characters' murderous intent, he still had something in his mind that he was thinking about doing. Well, it, it was very possessive at that point. Right. Like it wasn't about the music anymore, but it was still about his possession. Yeah, I feel like he's very he's very split. I mean, he's um, you know he's split between sort of the other life that he lives and sort of doing the right humane thing, um, and still sort of wanting what his partner wants. Right, still wanting that metal aspect of his life to um to create better art through hate essentially mayhem yeah i i i know that we don't have time i really want to ask about like do you feel the same way about horror movies you know like a lot of people when they listen to metal music or watch horror movies are like oh that's the devil's work people who don't understand it do you think that uh, maybe some people are going to watch this and not quite get the fact that you're not trying to say that like evil things have to be done to make good metal or evil things have to be done to make good horror movies right yeah i mean i've even you know spoken to my mom about this who's not a horror fan but you know she's a painter and I, she you know while it the genre is not her favorite thing she she understands sort of the the bigger picture of like the struggling artist i mean you can really boil it down to something as simple as that um as for people thinking that it you know, requires that, I hope no one thinks that. <laughs> God, I hope not. It's it's a vehicle for the highest wave of emotion. Is is why I think horror is so popular. Is because it's like it's so visceral, it's so emotional, and it doesn't have to have like all these other elements. I mean, it's good when it does, but it's just a vehicle for such high emotion because it's like impending danger and gore and like all those other elements that are beautiful too but it's like this high wave of emotion well and like everyone has dark sides the thing that i love about horror is it brings the darkness to like it brings it to the front it's like you have to address this whether or not you resolve it in an appropriate way everyone has these thoughts everyone does these things so let's talk about it in a realistic way rather than a well let's push it off to the side um you know like the, the our other co-host eric who unfortunately couldn't be here he and he and i were talking about uh, his kids are in i don't know elementary school and the the teacher asked like how you know i i hope that he's okay with me sharing the story uh the teacher asked like how uh, how do you want us to refer to genitalia you know, like in terms of like if a kid has to go to the bathroom or something like that. And they just do a simple majority of what do most parents want? Do they want the anatomically huh. correct, like penis and vagina? Or do they want like, you know, like pee pee? And so many parents want them to say pee pee rather than penis. And it's like, but you, you are taking something that is just such a natural part of humanity and telling a kid this is wrong. And it's, yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I love it's about an anatomical name and you can't say it. And that's what I love about horror. It no, that's your listen hole. It it brings it <laughs> it brings it to the front to where you have to address it. Uh, one last, just purely technical thing um, before wrapping up. So a lot of movies have the uh, have like a baptism scene. Was the pool scene an intentional baptism? Like you know, 
obviously baptizing in the wrong direction, <laughs> but was it an intentional baptism scene? Because I feel like that's where he makes a shift or was it just, you know, it looked cool. Definitely. I mean, the, um, you know, the, the phrase, uh, chlorine baptism comes into it later but but certainly that that set piece in that moment in the film is sort of you know if you're looking at um your three-act structure your point of no return maybe i mean especially with the cell phone it's sort of like there's no there's no turning back after that um but yeah it's definitely sort of a transformative experience i i I think uh, 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 yeah it it really takes a shift from there so I, i think it is and i think you know i mean baptisms traditionally are you know a, a transformation from one point in time to another uh, for better or for worse uh, sadistic baptism <laughs> <laughs> baptizing with sadistic intentions uh, alright so any last words either about um, well definitely where can people find the film like where is it going to be playing but any final words about Knoxville Horror Film Fest about horror movies in general um, if you could recommend like one horror movie for people to watch leading up to Halloween you know just any of that closing out Halloween horror type of stuff i would definitely say if you have not been to knoxville horror film festival to come next year or if you're i don't know how this is gonna how fast this gets on air but if you have time to come down tonight for the closing ceremony it's <laughs> definitely worth it this is an incredible scene uh, if you're not familiar with it uh it's really really good films i mean we've we've sat through so many of them and there's just some incredible titles that have come through here um you can add us on instagram and facebook i believe it's all at at sadistic movie but if you just type in sadistic intentions on any of those it's going to be the one to come up um add me my name's eric pennykoff on instagram i'm on there more than i am anywhere else so yeah add me on there and if you get a chance to see the movie hit me up let me know what you think um, if you live in a city where there's a festival coming up that you wanted to screen at, hit us up and you know tell us about it. We really want to get it out there to as many people as we can. And as far as movies to watch, can't go wrong with Halloween three. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that you said three. That makes I, me happy. I, yeah, I, I love three. I just uh, I saw a movie called The Legend of Boggy Creek for the first time recently, which is great. It's uh, I would highly recommend watching it on Shutter with the Joe Bob. Briggs interludes because it's hilarious. The some some history. It's uh, Charles Charles Pierce who directed the Sunda, dreaded Sun or the town that dreaded Sundown, the original one. He's a great Texarkana filmmaker. So that's a really fun one. I mean, other great Halloween movies on the cusp. I would go. Can't go wrong with demons. You can go wrong with Night of the Demons. Oh yeah. Anything with demon in it is always going to be good. Yeah. Neon <laughs> demons. <laughs> demon. <laughs> um, Heck. What, what, what do you have? What do you recommend? Ah. Uh, I would recommend. I would recommend. I have a bit of Halloween advice. I don't have a movie because I'm. I'm scared to share my interests. Um, but if you're if you're invited to a costume party, and the person who's hosting it is really excited about costumes, don't not dress up. You know, it's just a dick move. Just throw on something, even if it's little. Like you could be Waldo. That's easy. Um, just don't not dress up just because you think you're cool. You yeah, it'll make yeah. somebody really happy. Somebody will make a joke. Maybe you'll make a new friend. Just dress up. Yeah couple of years ago my wife and i went as hipster vampires so we just like you know like threw on some of our clothes and then t- uh, tossed on just like some capes but so, so the, the basically the probably the best part of the night though was the very first selfie that we took of the night we weren't in it because you know vampires can't be oh, seen right. like they can't have their image captured on camera so that's uh, uh <laughs> that still I'm, I'm very excited for this halloween my wife and i we have we always are trying to think of a good uh, costume couple like a couple's costume oh to do we can never think of it but this time um 
I think I just thought of this in the shower, but I bought a legit rubber crow mask, like a real rubber crow mask that you can hardly see out of. And then I bought a Cheryl Crow t-shirt. <laughs> so I'm going as Cheryl Crow and she's going in a nightgown with a pregnant, a fake pregnant belly and crow's feet sticking out of it. She's going as Crow's Mary's baby. <laughs> It's the only clever thing I've ever thought of in my life. And I'm, I have one Halloween party to go to I next weekend. I love that so much. And I hope it doesn't get canceled. <laughs> if it does, just walk around the streets uh, yeah. as, yeah, Cheryl Crow and Chris I, I've got this, this obnoxious crow mask that I can't return. I'll probably never wear again. So it's got to be put to use one time. But yeah, don't be a dick. Dress up. Go to parties. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for being a... For the day, don't be a dick. Especially don't be a demon dick. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was Thank an absolute you. blast. This is incredible. I, Thank you. I love sadistic intentions. Um, I, we talked about this last night on the podcast, yeah. but this movie, I was expecting a lot of them to be really good. I didn't know enough about this one, and this might have been like my surprise. Like, oh my God, I love this movie. It's been tough. It's, it's been a tough it's, one to talk about or put in enough information out to entice people, but also not you know say too much about it. Right. But even even with knowing a lot, it is still just a, a fun as hell ride. All night. Like, True. Like for so for a good Thank for a guys. good hour, and then wow. we talked about it on the way here. It's true. Like this morning, like we can't stop talking about it. Thank you guys. Well, That's we incredible. have to stop talking about it because they're about to show more movies. Right. Eric Taylor, thank you so much. Thank this has been an absolute you. blast. Thank you. This is incredible.